0: Gentlemen, we're finally here. This is it. We finally got to this point. It's been almost almost 5 years now, and we're finally doing this topic. Are y'all ready to eat some Pokémon? Yep. Rev up those fryers!
1: This is like the third food episode I've I've done. Okay, look, look I've been re- I've been ready, Lucas. I kind
0: of wanted to get away from this topic in Poke Science because there's literally an entire podcast dedicated to eating Pokemon, and they talk about cooking that stuff. I didn't feel like taking their stuff, but gosh darn it, no, we get to have it this time. We are talking about eating some Pokemon.
1: And also, cooking is a science unto its own. That is true. But we did want to focus
0: it a bit, because if we're just naming off cotton candy and ice cream, we're already going to have a sweet tooth anyway, and I'm not, I i don't need to go to a dentist again. Uh, we're instead, uh, Chris, what did you pick again?
1: Yes, we are uh, focusing in on, I guess, i guess a little bit more of a healthier option for your Poké dining this evening. But we're going to be talking about fruit Pokémon.
0: Okay. I mean, like, uh, hear me out now. What if we could, like, take all those fruit Pokemon? Like, would you, like, would you put them into a smoothie? Would we use Miltank milk to make a smoothie out of, like, some of them? Which one would make the best smoothie?
1: Got some... I mean, that's that's all, all depends on your flavor profile. But, you know, you got bananas from Tropius, got some Moo Moo milk, and then maybe throw in a couple Cherubis. Boom. Perfect shake right there.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Do you, do you grind them up when they're alive or when they're dead?
1: Well, so, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, but, like, Cherubi you might not use the whole thing you might just use the little 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 buddy on the back end because that's where like all the flavor is. yeah that's
0: right that's the flavor spot that's the good spot okay So i get you're the one who knows more about plants than i do i focus on the stuff that walks and eats other living things but like you you start this this is your thing
1: all right well let's go to the science first cue the music
0: Y'all, it's hot outside
1: it is and it's hot in places it should not be hot oh my goodness yes
0: like if you're like keeping up with international use which this is the united states so the odds are not really um the uk is pretty much on fire as well as most of europe due to a massive unprecedented heat wave just today when we're recording on the 19th um they broke like the hottest recorded summer in the uk's history now this is a major problem. It reached about 40.3 degrees Celsius, which is well over 100 degrees. And that's a big problem in part because there aren't as many air conditioners built there. Why would there be? Like, there's it's not supposed to get that hot there. As a Floridian, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's a, even if I've our standard, that's like a, that's a pretty hot day. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's real bad. Like, it, it, the whole place is burning up and it's really terrifying just how extreme climate change can turn this stuff around. Like, It's awful. And these are countries that are actively like doing their part to try and for the most part to reduce their climate change impact, to reduce their carbon footprint. Like it's really like it. Please keep up with this information, guys. Don't just sweep it under the rug of like, oh, well, it's just this one bad storm. We've had guests on this podcast explain to you it's not just one bad heat wave. It's not just one bad storm. Every summer we're going through this stay active on it. it it's not going away and these people need your help it's it's awful stuff don i'm bummed fix this what's I'm, going on i'm, in pokemon? I'm not sure how, oh okay yeah so in terms of pokemon we actually have a fun and exciting new event coming up oh yes and that and that is um we have the very exciting magic carp jump tournament i'm so happy <laughs> this is the best day of my life <laughs> Uh, oh my god! I, I that just cheered me up. Yes. Yeah, so, what are the rules? I have to bring a Magikarp and like anything else I want. So yeah, you can get a Magikarp, and you're so you, it's a bring six, pick two format, which is different than what we normally have. Um, which is you know, like your classic VGC. It is doubles, and it is um, it's actually not VGC rules. Um, instead of being like series twelve or whatever we have usually, you're not allowed any legendary Pokemon, and that includes like. Your non-fancy legendaries, like your Raikou, your Zapdos group, are also not allowed. Yes, but you can Dynamax. So okay. no, no legendaries of any kind, no Mythicals. Dynamax is allowed, and you have your six, but you bring have to bring your Magikarp, and you, you can bring one partner. So we've seen a lot of um, stuff with like Storm Drain, or um, it, Absorb Bulb, and testing have been like really popular. Kratedo is really, really good. Dragapult's really good because it's Dragapult. And then you see, a, there's a lot of creative stuff happening, a lot of cool weakness policy things, or like, um, using Magic Carp actually maxing Magic Carp, There's some cool Parish Song strategies. People get stally with it. Do weird stuff with Shed Ninja. Now is also an excellent time to remind y'all, like, I when it comes to Pokemon news, there's a ton of like leaks and rumors about Scarlet and Violet. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, um I'll tell you what we tell everyone every year we have a big game coming out. We do not like post those rumors publicly in private yeah, we share them amongst each other and think, wow, that's neat. hopefully it's a thing or hopefully it's not a thing but like we don't talk about them like so if you hear like, well, why aren't they talking about this rumor that's all over? We're not gonna do that because there's a good chance we're wrong
1: and we also we will not look at the i i actively try to not look at the leaks but as a as a podcast we will not look at the leaks and then pretend like we are coming up with the ideas ourselves
0: no that's like what a lunatic and kind of a jerk would do we're not monsters
1: if we do hypothesize about things it is not anything we have actively seen
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no again some people actually uh, will assume like oh they totally saw it like no we've just got lucky there's only so many animals and plants that they can make up I am really excited to find out what the gimmick is. I think the greatest gimmick would be no gimmick. Just, like, sort it out yourselves. Fight.
1: We have a couple other bits of Pokemon news, though. Go for uh, it. We have our August Community Day in Pokemon Go is Galarian Zigzagoon. Okay. It's, it's a pretty cool shiny. The, like, actually, I actually like the shiny leaf.
0: a lot. It's very, like, glam rocky.
1: Yeah, and also, like... Even if you aren't the biggest Pokemon Go player, it is the easiest way to get shinies to to shiny hunt for your for your mainline games. Just with with Pokemon Home, get them and go. Transform the home, put them in Sword and Shield. Call it a day. Obstagoon evolved on that day is going to learn obstruct.
0: Okay, what will that do?
1: So it is. A fifteen power move. I haven't seen anything about how expensive it's going to be, but probably pretty cheap energy wise. But it's a fifteen power move that boosts your defense and lowers your opponent's defense.
0: Okay. So this is
1: the fir- it'll be the first move in the game that affects both players at the same time.
0: Wow, that's that's. What did it take them like six years to figure that out? What you, What are your thoughts on uh the competitive viability of that? Is that going to be? You think it's going to be a game changer?
1: So I don't. So here's the thing with Obstagoon. Obstagoon is also pretty meta. Is pretty meta relevant because uh, he's counter. His typical move structure is counter, night slash, and cross chop. How does
0: counter work in comparison to like mainline games? Anyone, anyway, Pokemon Go?
1: It's just straight damage. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it's the best fighting move in the game. That's right. Best it's like move. a little
0: fast move. Yeah, because I have a uh, a hair cross with counter that I like a lot.
1: It's it's the best fighting fast move in the game. Um, so Obstagoon is a terrific steel ghost psychic counter, uh, for obvious reasons. Now, you typically run Cross Chop on it, because t- you ne- want that for your steels. But, obviously, if you run Night Slash and Obstruct, you're basically doubling down on dark moves. So, you're obviously... Obstagoon's never gonna beat a fairy, so I don't think you're gonna be losing too much on that.
0: You're not worried about that too much.
1: The, the bit that is interesting is... We learned from Drain Punch that typically, especially in the Great League, Pokemon don't have enough health for defense boost to truly make a difference, unless the the battle is truly one sided, and at that point you didn't need the defense boost anyways. Right. Uh, but I think the the bit about it also lowering your opponent's defenses makes it interesting because let's say you're in one of those matchups against like uh, Registeel. Um, You're still doing a little bit of damage. You're boosting your defense. Focus Blast would still blow you out of the water. But what you lose in your Cross Chop damage, you make up for in your counter damage as you build back up because its defenses are now lowered. I see. So, I think it's interesting. I'm more interested in it than I was in Drain Punch. Um, And also because Cross Chop isn't really the best move and you don't even get stab on it with obstagoon so i'm curious to see what uh how that how that play how it plays out if anything get yourself a really good pvp relevant obstagoon because it does it does matter
0: just kind of like when when alolan wheezing not a galar wheezing was announced like it's not quite like like there's speculation on it or like this is one of those like this is going to be big Already, no like... no
1: i mean it's not so much i don't know how big the move is going to be it's a little bit weird but obstacle like if you if you are trying to do pvp and pokemon go you should have an obstacle built noted um so it's a good opportunity to get one with really good battle ivs so um and then the other bit of news that i wanted to talk about is that uh pokemon puzzle league and pokemon snap the original are getting on the nintendo switch Oh, I
0: haven't heard of that game in forever.
1: They are joining the um, Nintendo Switch Online and Expansion Pack. It's, you have to pay extra, but it's the one that gets you all the N64 games. Oh. They're adding those two to the, to the queue. Mm-hmm.
0: Honestly, I, I, I've seen like, I know Sony's also doing some of the things like with their back catalog and their special games, but like so far, I, I'm not as interested in it, even with the puzzle block, which is still a pretty cool game. Still, I'm not paying that much subscription Nintendo. That's not not me. And as for Sony, the second you released Legends of Dragoon on your precious little system, yeah, I'll pay
1: more. Until then, no. I just want a good Zoids game. <laughs> Don, we're we're what like a month out from Worlds now.
0: Yes, yeah, we're we're seeing a lot of um. We'll see probably some grassroots events. All, all major events, all all um like sanctioned events are done now, I believe. Uh past worlds. Aside from that, I think that's again, it's one of those weird lulls. Pokemon in the past few generations has really been like they really turned down the faucet, so we're literally having like scrounds for anything. Except for like I mean, I can't wait until we get to see the um the fights this year. It's gonna be amazing. Oh, the world. Oh yeah, there we have. And I think we're gonna have. It's like a four-day worlds this year. I have a few, several friends going that I'll hype up more as the time comes.
1: At at worlds two, we're probably gonna get a look at the new card, the new card generation,
0: as well as probably a, a maybe a spicy new Pokemon or two. S-
1: spicy new Pokemon and some. So we'll get some. We'll get some hot news in about a month, pro- most likely. All
0: right. Till then, we'll keep scrounging for scraps. <laughs> All right, I think we've gotten enough news out of this. Um, let's
1: get to some fruit. Delicious, delicious fruit. One of my favorite things to talk about and eat. I don't know about you two.
0: I prefer. The- I actually don't like fruit that much.
1: What? Oh, but you, you're you're mostly a carnivore.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, look if 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 fruit could run and provide sporting like competition in like a hunt maybe don would be more interested no i'm just i've just i think it's more it's more of a texture thing for me with a lot of fruits i don't like food that's like on the mushier side oh i got you i got uh, you yeah and i get i mean i try and eat a banana every morning it's just one of those things that's good for you and like and i always I say drink. like your mom that like when i was over there at your house those like fried bananas with the sugars and the ice cream excellent Actually use bananas.
1: Oh god, fried fried bananas are delicious.
0: Yeah, that's what me and my family do whenever we have like fruit that are like especially bananas that are too mussy. We'll like take them, we'll put them into a pan, mix them with like cinnamon and sugar, and then like a little bit of ice cream on top. As my mom always says, the vitamins are still there, so it's technically healthy. (laughs) I like that mindset. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of why you cover broccoli and cheese. I'm not on I'm not taking away the iron. (laughs) I like how you when you came over to my house a while ago you made those plantains healthy as well. Yeah, exactly. It's not that hard. Just put a little brown sugar and butter and cinnamon. Yeah, no, that's still there, y'all. I hope y'all are writing this down. These are the best recipes. So I don't, I know the basics of fruit. Like I understand the botany, but as I've stated many, many times in this program, I don't do plants well. So I'll start us off. Can you define a fruit? It is a way of dispersing seeds
1: from a tree. So you know basically we're going to we we will be speaking botanically for this which will make more sense in a minute but botanically speaking fruits are the mature ripened ovaries ovary reproductive structure of the plant flower and the ovary itself encloses and protects the young stages of development until the seeds are ready to spread either themselves or be spread by dispersers Okay Now I specified botanically here because as with lots of different topics, things get muddled. Especially when you add in culinary aspects of it. So, what you see in the stores are, that are called vegetables are mostly what you think of as plant parts. So, you know, potatoes are tubers, carrots are the roots, lettuce is the leaves. A lot of things that you consider vegetables, botanically speaking, are fruits. Because what you're looking for is, is a sort of fleshy, nutrient-dense thing that's covering up the seeds. Uh, so, green beans, eggplant... A lot of things that you might call nuts, like walnuts, coconuts, chestnuts, spices like pepper, in the botanical world, those are considered fruit. Well, pepper's a fruit? Like a little, a, little, a little pod? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't uh, know that. that? Yeah. It's awesome. A little peppercorn. And so thinking of it this way, there's actually over 2,000 uh, known types of fruit, uh, including all the edible and inedible kinds. And also the ones that you don't consider fruits. Just because you don't think they are, doesn't mean they aren't
0: like pumpkins that's the other one i know pumpkins is a fruit
1: pumpkin squash all like all those kinds of things so if you're having trouble selling your kids on eating green beans don't tell them to eat their vegetables say eat your fruit that's some good green bean fruit
0: i mean i don't know if that's like okay it's not the name that's causing problem if i named arsenic funny juice it doesn't change the fact that it's arsenic (laughs) It adds a sense of whimsy. But would would you be more apt to eat it if it was called Funny Juice? Look, man, I'm not Monsanto, okay? I'm not going to be that evil today.
1: Uh, So, uh, looking back in history, actually, one of the earliest... earliest cultivated fruits is believed to have been figs there's a lot of different info out there but i this one story i thought was pretty interesting and ties in with some other stuff so i'm going to share this one so earliest one of the earliest cultivated fruits is believed to be figs they found near jericho on the west bank uh figs that were estimated to be about eleven thousand four hundred years old the reasoning that they posited for how they knew that these figs were cultivated is because the preserved figs did not have seeds
0: So they were modified over time or they picked them out?
1: They were, uh, basically, because they don't have seeds, that means that they were were genetic dead ends. You know, so they, uh, in order to grow these, they had to come from ones that also did not grow seeds, which means that the thinking is that the people were taking the cuttings and planting those and growing new fig trees.
0: Interesting. This is always one of those things as well when people get into the anti-GMO argument and it's like, well, hold on, there, partner, because it depends. If you're like, if you like Chipotle, which one of the reasons I don't like Chipotle is that they go like no GMOs at all whatsoever. I'm like, are you still serving corn? Yeah, then that's a GMO, idiot. <laughs> I mean, if you look at what corn used to look like or what bananas used to look like, yeah, like, big been- differences. Yeah, like I once had someone make an argument of like, oh no, this is the perfect fruit. Look how perfect the banana is held in your hand. This must have been made by some higher power. And I had to like break it to him of like, no. That higher power was a bunch of really, really smart people, like, over thousands of years. Sorry.
1: Oh, and, like, and like, fruit is, like, significantly bigger nowadays than it was, like, strawberries. Like, the, like, original strawberries were, like, just really teeny tiny little things. And now they're those big, chonky berries that we all love, you know? Yeah,
0: God bless America. Make them bigger.
1: But, um, speaking of fruit propagation, I wanted to talk about one of the practices that, um, helps in this process which is called grafting.
0: Grafting super cool. Yeah, I have like I have a vague knowledge of it. Do you want to take a stab at it? Um so as far as I understand, it, grafting is a sense of like you take um the plant that you uh desire like so you like take like a stick of apple, right? Like off an apple tree. And then you take it and you would make a slit in like a branch piece and then you would have apples growing off a tree, right?
1: So, yeah, yeah, the the top part, the part that's going to bear fruit is called the scion. Right. You have the scion, which is the top part. That's also the part of the tree, or the that's the fruit that you want. So if you want, like, a Macintosh apple, the top part of the scion will have to be from the Macintosh apple tree that you want. Okay. And then the bottom part is what's called the rootstock. And so the rootstock is important because it helps you... You want to pick a rootstock that's good for the environment and the soil that you are growing in. So let's say you're in an area that doesn't get, or that that has some drought problems. You can take an apple or a a scion that is not as drought tolerant and put it on a rootstock that is drought tolerant, graft them together, and then the top part you'll get apples might not have been able to grow in that area. It's a really, really cool practice, but another little interesting bit about one of the things that grafting allows producers to do is it helps with uh, dwarfing of trees. So, orchards, you want to pack as many trees to get as much fruit per acre as possible. Um, With dwarfing, if you put a dwarf rootstock and you graft on top of that, you can actually manage the tree to keep the tree at a manageable height that can is safer to be harvested from, but then also bear a significantly more amount of fruit. The interesting thing is though, if you bury the tree above the graft point, the scion will actually start to sprout roots and you will not have a dwarf tree. So it's it's a really, really cool dynamic and, and it allows for a lot of different mixing and variation because one of the things that you don't really think about is, so let's say you eat an apple in a tree, or let's say you eat an apple from the store. You take the seeds and you grow them. The apples that you get from the tree that comes from that are most likely not going to be like the apple. Like, they'll be similar, but it's not going to be like the apple that you ate.
0: So all those plant TikTokers lied to me.
1: <laughs> well, you'll still, it'll still be an apple. It'll probably be close. But doing it this way with grafting you are getting a more consistent product. That's how you're able to have all these apples that, you know, Macintosh tastes like Macintosh, Red Delicious tastes like Red Delicious. It's a consistent, reliable product and experience.
0: I think it's also important to know on that note of apples, like how many species of fruit have actually gone extinct, in part because you don't like them as much. Oh, yeah. There's actually some really interesting, um, like, there's a um, there's like a whole subculture I've seen online of like different people on like Instagram and YouTube that like kind of dedicate themselves to uh, like preserving like rare species of like common fruits, and it, it's a pretty interesting little sort of like subculture, and I think it's kind of cool. The way they vary, it was a TED Talk a long time ago. If you were to try an apple pie from like 200 years ago, chances are it would taste different, not just because of all the stuff we've added, but because that species of apple, that that root that. Whatever you want to call it, of apple does not exist anymore. So, you wouldn't, you mu- the greatest apple pie recipe ever might be lost to us because we don't have the apple that would have worked best for it.
1: And it's, it's, and it's not even about how it's made, it's about what goes into it. Yeah. There's like nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's exactly. like, there's like, there's like types of pears. Like, one of the greatest pears to be, ever be described is no longer in existence. Like, it's, it was so, like, it was described as like a buttery pear. Ooh, ooh, butter. I forget what it was called but like there's th- we've lost some really great fruit it's let's moment of silence for the lost fruit mm,
0: all pour, right pour my apple juice out for the homies
1: but that's sort of a, a quick and dirty little fun tidbits on on fruit uh but i'm ready to get into the pokemon if you are so to start out i thought we could start with her royal highness guard Gardevoir's not a fruit, Lucas, come on.
0: Look, man, he there's a lot of people. Don't judge the man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we are talking Zarina. Yeah. The, the queenly liter- majestic queen I mean, herself.
0: Yeah, it's literally a royal Pokemon. Its, it's ability a. is called Queen's Majesty, so yeah, we're going to oh, call Indiana it And Zarina is a female czar. Yeah, she's terrifying. Honestly, it was one of those Pokemon where we're like, all right, we know what you're doing, Pokemon. There are kids here, though. Can you like please? Can you know? honestly? I really like Zarina from a. I think it's a really interesting Pokemon from like a competitive pers- perspective. Like I think Queenly Majesty is a really cool ability. It's um, amazing ability. It's got a really fascinating. It's got a really cool move pool.
1: Yeah, no, Zarina is a very very interesting Pokemon. But talking fruit, if you heard of a mango steam fruit? Yeah. Once or twice. Yes. So mangosteen are native to uh, Indian Ocean and Southeast Asia, uh, and they are widely regarded and hailed for their kind of sweet and tangy flavor uh, and a very strong fragrant smell, which you see across all bounce sweet line they talk about how delicious they smell how the bird pokemon are constantly chasing them trying to eat them doesn't bounce sweet like just not care though
0: i think it specifically says that like it could cry for help but it doesn't because it just doesn't care
1: also doesn't it get oblivious
0: i honestly think that that is one of the like dumbest weirdest things when it comes to any pokemon no it just lets itself die i'm like Okay, how are you around? Like, no, you gotta have something, please. leafguard oblivious, and Sweetvale.
1: Yeah, and it's got the uh, it's got some very strong um, sepals that that kind of helps it out, Lucas, uh, to not be eaten as much by the birds by the trumbeaks. Just so... is it supposed
0: to be so sickeningly sweet that it's like it's unpleasant to eat? I
1: don't. I don't think the birds care about it. I think you, like the humans who eat it do. So you might want to cut it, like you know, you cut orange juice with water to kind of not yeah. get as much sugar. Um, we Why would about, you
0: want to remove the good part? Well, if, if you
1: don't, if you don't want so much of it, but also if we're back to our Lacroix Lucas, mm-hmm. uh, I feel I'll like bounce sweet,
0: hint of a hint of lime.
1: Bounce, bounce sweet would probably make a good one because the smell is so strong. You just put it next to your Lacroix, and it gets a bounce sweet flavor.
0: We forgot to mention that to the people listening. So the I Choose You podcast, the people who actually do podcasts about eating Pokemon, they said that we could talk about Pokemon eating them on the condition that we pair like Pokemon with LaCroix. And instead of doing that, I choose to make fun of LaCroix as it tastes like the ghost of a fruit. It tastes like what happens if it's like when you remove the color from like a movie, like LaCroix tastes like TV static. Do we have a ghost fruit Pokemon? Huh.
1: Technically gorgeous. Pumpkaboo. Yeah. Pump kaboom, yeah, Pump yeah.
0: That's literally, yeah. It's like, I was like uh, yeah, that's no, a ghost fruit. And it's evil as all heck. Yeah, it's a ghost fruit.
1: So talking about propagating, it can take up to 6 to 12 years to get a mangosteen from a seedling grown tree. So there's a lot of work trying to accelerate that to make it happen in a faster timeline because it is a highly desirable uh, fruit.
0: Is it becoming, like, more desirable in this day and age just because people are having more exotic tastes in the United States, or is it, like, something more international?
1: I mean, I I think it's a little bit of everywhere, and I don't think it's so much about – I don't know if it's, like, exotic taste, but I feel like overall, like, uh, grocery stores have become more – like, mainstream grocery stores have become more –
0: Like more have more variety.
1: And yeah, thank you. Wow. Okay. Yeah, have more variety. Like Lucas, you said you're the one you went to just had a jackfruit the other
0: day. Yeah, just had a jackfruit just sitting there, this massive thing the size of my chest, just one. I think I've seen in my Publix once or twice. Actually, I'll let you talk about. They're huge.
1: So I, I think there is a lot of interest as the world becomes more connected. People learn about these these fruits and these vegetables and these foods from other countries, other cultures. There's an interest in wanting to try them, and so I think. You know, there, there is there people are working to kind of do this because it's a very desirable fruit to have. So they're trying to get this into a more reliable, more consistent process.
0: OK, makes sense.
1: Now, we have to make a quick note that the Mangosteen is actually known as the Queen of Fruit.
0: OK, so that explains why it has Queenly Majesty then.
1: Awesome. Yes, we're not going to talk about the Pokemon, but the King of Fruit is also in the game.
0: Oh, right. Okay, well, let's give them a few seconds to guess. You better have an ironclad defense for this argument.
1: <laughs> the durian fruit is known as the king of fruit and is actually paired with mango steaks. I didn't vote for him. He'll <laughs> <laughs> the uh the the durian uh, there's uh, there's there's some durian influences with ferrothorn it's we, we it's Farothorn, right that's what your buddy who did the, the i believe set? that's
0: the official pronunciation yes Farothorn. if you watch any of the like official streams because they're given the pronunciation yeah um i believe it's ferrothorn yes yeah. gross it's kind of like when ash said rayquaza in the movies like no i don't believe you nor do i care. it's kind of like the guy what is it called it's called jiff i don't think so but I created them. I still don't think so.
1: The, um, I will say that the Zarina has what I have found to be the most crushing non-ghost move, which is, or not, not non-ghost move, most crushing Pokemon. That's not a ghost in that when she kicks you, she damages your soul. And that is a direct quote from the Pokedex.
0: I, um, no comment on account that we're a PG podcast, <laughs> not a one, <laughs> No, we are. There are families listening. They don't need to know more than that. We're done. That's it. Just the so, soul. That's so, it.
1: Just, just don't get, don't get kicked by Zorina. There you go. Just don't do
0: that. It's bad. It's gonna hurt you, kids. Don't so, do drugs. Drugs are so, bad. Don't do that. <laughs> stay in school. Drink your milk.
1: <laughs> we'll move on to the next one to to get back to the uh I'll, I'll keep the PG theme going because we're going with the cute and adorable cheruby.
0: Yummy i i hate finding trying to find this thing in arceus oh my god yes can we talk about this evil little monster
1: <laughs> it's it is very tricky very very tricky yes
0: i we should have drove you to instinction instead of the scyther instead of the Cleavors. you are a monster
1: well, that's part of, like, the reason it didn't go extinct is because it doesn't need anything else, Luke, because it has everything it needs. I don't need
0: your logic or reason right now. I need my Scyther evolution with axe hands. Oh, wait, I don't have those anymore.
1: Well, pretty soon Arceus is going to cut the time hole open into Scarlet and Violet and you'll get Cleavor. I'm
0: just imagining, like, a hole, like, opening up in the sky and just kind of... <coughs> and then all of them just fall out.
1: It'll be very sad because Cleavor, like, everyone would be like, what? And then Scizor is just going to kill it.
0: No, no, I'm still waiting to see if it has that physical attack that makes uh, Stealth Rocks, because that would be lit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it's actually kind of, it's the only way Stealth Rocks is ever going to be viable in VGC. Ever again. And okay. I know someone's going to say something in the show notes that, like, Jimmy Schmidt in, like, 2013 used Stealth Rock Groudon. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I do not yeah 2013 I don't care didn't ask <laughs> Parasect did top cut a world championship once though. and I do care about that even though it's equally relevant.
1: Where are we talking about cherries? We were talking about cherries. so back on topic. so cherries are a, a fleshy stone fruit or what's known as a droop of the the prunus of the prunus genus and they have that that they're very distinct because they have that very hard pit in the middle. Um, and cherries, very popular fruit throughout history. They pop up in a lot of different mythologies across the world. Um, generally, they're tied with you know health, well-being, fertility, all good things. Cherries are delicious. People love cherries. So Cherubi has that kind of classic dual cherry look. But what's distinct is that we know that the smaller one is actually slowly having all of its nutrients absorbed into the larger one.
0: Would this be considered a form of... Uh wouldn't be in utero cannibalism it would just be i don't know ex utero i mean yeah but it's it's taking from yourself so i don't know the closest thing that this reminds me of redistribution is of wealth <laughs> <laughs> ah yes uh it just i'm gonna for now on i'm just gonna name every chair move marks, <laughs> <Just gonna> be, <laughs> this is mark's.
1: we will just redistribute it to the working class cherries <laughs> that the um the little one according to the decks is where like all, like Not all the flavor, but like that's where all the nutrients are, it's where all the sweetness is. Like the little one is the one that if you want to get like that flavor for your dessert, that's the one you want to go with.
0: I wonder, is it like a similar situation like a gecko's tail, though, where like that's where the fat's stored, but it's also like a section where the main body will be okay if it's lost?
1: That's what we don't know. Well, a couple questions for you, Lucas, related to animals. Mm-hmm. Would birds in this situation learn to only eat the better-tasting one?
0: depends on the bird most cases i would assume so but it's not a matter of better taste we have to check what their taste buds would actually be going for it it might it could be again their taste buds are wired different than ours so it's not like immediately sweet but at the same time the main things like animals are going to crave are going to be things like sugar fats and uh, salts these things are a little bit hard to get so yeah i could if they're if they find out that one is tastier than the other They'll probably learn to go for it. That would be things like uh, Corvids would be definitely smart enough to do it. So your blue jays, your crows, they'd be able to figure it out. But, you know, there are plenty of birds that still are smart enough. There are birds that will specifically look out fruit that will actually give them a redder coloration due to the fact that it makes them more attractive to the uh, opposite sex.
1: Like So it's it's totally viable for them to learn that stuff. No problem. The, um, I think the other interesting bit, too, is if the back if the back one is eaten, will it grow back? Because then you could basically have an infinite supply of cherries as the cherubi just keeps growing that little back one.
0: That seems really horrifying. Like, if you're, like, hungry and trying to feed a family, you have to choose which head to feed off of.
1: Well, you can take the little one. That's where all the flavor is, and it'll grow back. No, not my brother! No! Not again!
0: Oh, I just thought of the be strong, Clarence. <laughs> be strong for mother. <laughs>
1: I love that meme so much. It also it, it also comes into a question of what happens if you don't eat the small one, but you eat the big one. Like where is the sentience of this creature? Is it a dual sentience or is the front one there is the front one like the brains and the other one's just there to feed uh, the it front half
0: seems like it has like eyes and its face moves. The back half just seems like it's just happy to be there.
1: Yeah. Anyone ever
0: here seen Total Recall? Yes. Might be just one of those. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah fair uh, so i wanted to call up bring up the uh the arceus legends arceus pokedex because i question uh laventon here i don't like to do it a lot but i question him
0: that man was a legend you show your <laughs> respect to that man
1: so he says once the fruit growing alongside the main body is large and plump cherubi will use the nutrients within to evolve the fruit then detaches becoming nourishment for other creatures what mm. confuses me is wouldn't all the nutrients just have been absorbed? Yeah, but the- some
0: stuff can metabolize probably just like the, even like the skin of the fruit and stuff are probably still like like how stuff eats like elephant poop. There's plenty of organisms that'll actually munch on like the leftover skin of cicadas if people right. can, like and it yeah. doesn't even have to be like Pokemon. I'm sure there's like bacteria or anything or like other microorganisms that live in the Pokemon world that would eventually just start to rip it apart and digest it. Oh, like the funguses. Like, think of all the funguses digesting all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, fine. I will not question Laventon. No, you Uh, won't.
0: (laughs) He's such a good man.
1: So, uh, the last little bit on cherries. uh, There are over a thousand varieties of cherries. But odds are you're probably only going to come across ten in stores. And, which is, I find a little bit sad. You know, I'd like to try a lot of different kinds of cherries. Like, we've got how many kinds of apples we can get. I think we should get lots of different fruits that way, too. Uh, Now... A couple generations ago, I don't think it still does, but cheruby used to learn toxic, right, Don?
0: Everything used to learn toxic. It was okay. the best. <laughs> Good times. Now only really annoying things learn toxic.
1: <laughs> so cherries are one of those fruits that in the pit, they do have cyanide.
0: Oh, so it's like apples then. I thought apples had arsenic. Oh, you're right. Yes, yeah, so I'm forgetting my, you mean the funny juice. Yes, but um, no. A lot of a lot of fruits do have cyanide.
1: Yeah, and it's the kind of thing where you have to really grind up. You you have to like grind up and mash the pit, and like eat a lot of it to like be relevant. So like,
0: you, yeah, it doesn't really matter. But it's technically it's a fun fact. It's not a death sentence. It's like the thing you learn in fifth grade from like a Ripley's Believe It or Not, and you say it at lunchtime to be annoying. Like, ha! Ah, you're eating arsenic. You're eating cyanide. <laughs> ha ha.
1: Exactly. Also, like, don't eat the pits of those things. There's, it's not, that's not meant to be eaten. It's a choking hazard. Please don't choke. So we're gonna we're gonna dovetail Lucas into this part that I've been looking forward to the most. Oh no! I'm gonna make you say something nice about Tropius. I don't want Because wanna. you have slandered Tropius for years. It shouldn't years. fly. <laughs> it do, shouldn't do, do, fly.
0: Oh, no, like, you shut that. it! How dare you! <laughs> it is the I. Ah, it's a dinosaur. <laughs> I've had so many people on Twitter when we post that comment of like, oh, what is a tropius good for flying energy? People are like, oh, it flies up for solar energy. Oh, this, I'm like, granted, I admire the people trying to save this thing. But look, it does make infinite fruit with harvest, though. Yeah. I mean, that's the we're about to get to that, but like, oh my god, I hate how this thing flies so much. I talked about it in episode one, our most viewed episode: Tropies Should Not Fly. It should be just on the ground. There was no reason for it. It's almost like there was a flying type quota in Gen three, and they just slapped some wings How on. How many it. Gen three flying types do we even get? Apparently, not enough. Well, yeah, because they they made Masquerie and Bug flying when they should have had him be Bug Water. Yeah, it's it, it's it's so dumb. It's so. There was so that. Dumb. There was Pelipper. There was Swellow. What else was there? Uh, Swablu for a hot second. Oh, Swablu and Altaria. Yeah for a bit now they're not retroactive salamence uh, it's, there's it's, not a lot of flying types and so they needed to fill like some sort of minor quota and they there's some the weird rare oh no Chatot was gen four
1: beauty fly beauty fly
0: i said the Talo line i forgot beautiful Nin,
1: ninja-esque
0: okay yeah there's a lot of one-off flying i feel like
1: um all right lucas now you have to say something nice
0: do i really I'm,
1: i am making you say something nice about tropius
0: cool being a sauropod is dope the fact that we actually get a sauropod in the game that kind of stealth its way in is awesome we should have more dinosaurs that are not fossil pokemon i think that's rad it shouldn't have wings but the fact that we have a sauropod in the game is really really cool and we didn't even need a, like a machine or some raving lunatic to make it for us yeah there's actually like five flying types in gen 3 Beautifly, Teloswella, Wingle Pelipper, Musquarian, Ninjask, Swablu, Altaria, Tropius, Salamence Seriquaza. So it's like, not, not, not
1: great. So Tropius we're talking about because while Tropius isn't a fruit, Tropius grows its own fruit. We, it has bountiful bananas on its chin. Now, bananas uh, are native to the, the Southeast Asia region, uh, but they were brought to the Americas and are grown prevalently in South America now tropius makes not a lot of sense because it grows the bananas because it liked to eat them so much lucas how how would this happen these aren't
0: bananas these are some sort of peak parasite banana which is awesome uh,
1: a parasite banana. <laughs> what if it's like a
0: um you know how like uh leafcutter ants they propagate fungus maybe tropius's wings and all that are like yeah like 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 a, like a strangler fig style banana for me, I kind of view it almost like, um, you know how they have those, like, fungal spores that, like, infect ants and have them grow out of it? Have the spores grow out of it? Abrosaurus is a Southeast Asian sauropod. I was just looking to see what maybe Tropius could be. I think it's really cool. I think it would be really cool if, that, like, the bananas that they're eating are causing them to, like, harmlessly propagate these bananas. Because that's the cool thing about parasites is if a parasite is doing its job right— You're not outright killing your host most of the time. You're trying to live with them. What better way to propagate yourself than to literally be growing off the organism that keeps eating you, and then they drop off and they grow and they make more, or another tropius eats them, and then they just grow bigger. And what if humans are like the dead end for that parasite? Like nothing really happens to them. It's just like just a dead end to this journey. Do you know about the... um, Speaking of bananas, sorry, side detour, but fun fact. Do you know about how like the... The, how all bananas these days are like homogenous clones and there will yeah. be a different, better banana that went extinct.
1: We've got a, uh, a, a, the next paragraph in the notes is on that.
0: Ah, see, this is why I should read the notes. This is why you should learn to read at all, Don.
1: <laughs> but the, uh, the the growing the bananas bit, evolutionary, it's unbeatable, Lucas. It can grow its own food without actively having to do anything.
0: I mean, hold on now. It is absorbing sunlight. It needs to absorb sunlight. It needs energy. Nothing comes from nothing. You're no, right, no, okay. Something can not come from
1: nothing. What's dangerous is if it eats too many of the bananas. So, okay. if you eat too much banana, you get all that potassium, your tropius could get hyper hyperkalemia and radiation poisoning. And you have to eat a lot of bananas to get the radiation.
0: For human uh, beings it's about 40,000. 40,000 bananas you will die from radiation poisoning.
1: And tropius is probably bigger than us so it's probably a lot more. Uh but hyperkalemia, your tropius is going to have dangerously impaired function of nerves and muscle cells. But on the good side of it, potassium in bananas are great for helping with cramps. So all that flying that you're mad about it doing, Lucas, is probably straining its poor sauropod body. And the potassium from the bananas is helping it fly more. See, I made a reason for it.
0: Bam. (laughs) Stop it. Stop defending this monster.
1: So bananas are a hot button topic when it comes to... Uh, monocultures Uh, and that's that 99 percent of bananas that are in circulation today are one variety called Cavendish and it's a problem because there's currently a fungal disease Panama disease that is actively targeting Cavendish bananas and will just completely ruin crops and fields if it gets in there it's a very very serious issue it's a very very serious issue because it's not the first time it's happened in the 1900s there was actually the gros michel banana which was the the banana of the century like one of the best ones that the panama disease basically ruined uh and and drove to extinction uh, about around the 1960s and the cavendish came out and grew to popularity because it had resistance to the panama disease and so that sort of just took its place and that's where we are now but now that fungal disease is catching up to it and now it's targeting the cavendish
0: so it's just mutated once again and now oh boy let's all right pack it up we got to find a new banana pack it up everyone come on
1: so it's a there's a lot of like biosecurity stuff that goes on with with banana uh with banana harvesting and growing it's a it's a it's an ongoing topic if anyone wants to learn more other than the like few minutes we've dedicated to talking about it i would highly recommend a book called uh never out of season by rob dunn it talks about bananas and monoculture and and all that um i i would say check that out uh the last pokemon i wanted to have a little bit of a party time with we're gonna talk about ludicolo
0: <laughs> sorry that was on cue like he's the play best. the mirror Bee theme song Oh my gosh, Mirror B! Ah, oh, for those of you too young to remember Pokemon Coliseum, that's the game they have to add to the Switch. Pokemon Coliseum One and Two. I certified... still want my Pokemon Conquest remake, but like oh, make it like that was great too—a Fire Emblem, but with Pokemon. Let's go! That's, I mean that's what it was. I mean, it's the best. I just like the fact that the main like villain, like Nobunaga, was like a real dude, <laughs> and then like yeah, what if he did the same thing but like he has a Zekrom?
1: <laughs> or he, has a, he has a shiny Rayquaza. I'm going
0: to beat you with the power of my army and this god I found. Yeah. Oh Pokemon. I'm going to dig it out. I'm going to play some Pokemon Conquest tonight. Well,
1: you dig it out. So Ludicolo, we've talked about another one for its animal aspects, but we're going to talk about pineapples, Lucas. I love
0: pineapples. I've got two growing up. in my front yard. Okay. Oh, pop quiz. Pop quiz. What is what is the better tasting pineapple juice when it's yellow or when it's green?
1: I've never had green pineapple juice.
0: I don't oh, know. You, I don't like pineapples me. that much. You're missing out. When you have it in Brazil, so Portuguese lesson, in Portuguese it's a abacaxi. And uh de abacaxi, pineapple juice is my favorite thing to have in Brazil because they pretty much grind all of it up into the juice so you get more of the flavor. So it comes out green instead of like that I'll be honest, urine yellow. Yeah. Like it's it's, I still love pineapple and pineapple juice, but pineapple is, like, a major staple, like, a dessert fruit in Brazilian cooking to the point where when you go to the the schools, the, uh, the, bar, the uh, Brazilian steakhouses, one of the major desserts you can get, like, just comes along at a sword, is pineapple soaked in cinnamon and, oh. like, usually grilled. And so that's one of the common things you can get. It's kind of, okay. like, a great way to kind of balance out all the, like, umami, the meat flavor you're getting with something sweet.
1: Yeah, Gosh. Yeah,
0: you get that little caramelization from the grill, excellent stuff. It's yeah. great.
1: So pineapples, contrary to their name, are neither pine nor apples. They are what are known as, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing this right, uh, bromeliads. That'll work. Yeah, we're good with that. Yeah. Uh, they're actually the only edible fruit from that family of plants. So yeah, I
0: have several bromeliads in my yard. I think they're neat, and but they are not edible. And
1: pineapples are actually a cluster of berries joined onto the central stalk. So a pineapple is a berry
0: okay noted so like how long did it like i've heard that it can take like two years
1: to grow like is that the case or is it like uh less or you more? mean to like fruit for the first time yeah uh yeah so you can i it, it think it, for the first fruit i think to get to maturity it takes between two to three years i think um now after you get it to fruit you will get one fruit per season like and that's that's it, not that's a lot. That's it, your, your one plant will grow one Yeah, fruit it grows per in like
0: season. the center of the plant.
1: Yeah. And one plant, I believe can live up to like 50 years. So if you get one, you're basically getting like 50, 50, pineapples from that one plant, like guaranteed. If you, assuming you keep it healthy for that time.
0: Including like if the weather permits it, if it's getting the nutrients it needs, if the sunlight is out that yeah. needed, like technically, yeah, I, sure.
1: Best case scenario, you get one per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, well not a lot but if, i bet you but you know what pineapple's dang good uh mighty fine eating plant yeah so uh i have a little there's a there's a a little like online rumor couldn't find any actual like scientific backing for it but i came up with a fun game mechanic that i want to share with you all so if you look at it on the internet there's lots of things out there internet talk that says pineapples will ripen faster if you store them upside down it has that something... sounds
0: like plant tiktokers again <laughs>
1: yes most likely but pokemon has done more with less so let's take the inke uh evolution mechanic but instead of swift swim your ludicolo is faster if you play the game upside down
0: Ooh, i thought you were gonna say something like pineapple evolution pokemon but i like this
1: (laughs) you have to you have to so someone someone wins the world championship holding their switch upside down
0: like, That's Don is literally just there like, my God, he's unstoppable. He's doing the thing. Just looks it up and down. Oh! I mean, I don't I, – I, I can see Rain winning the World Championships. Maybe not Ludicolo, but also, like, I could see Ludicolo just rolling up, making a weird run at Worlds this year. I could can, see it happening.
1: Can you imagine how much – how wild the crowd would go if someone had a Ludicolo on the field that was, like – it was in trick room. Like, it was in trick room, and it was just, like – what right now like Dynamax like bam 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 and then Trick Room comes up and then they just flip their switch over to be and upside it becomes down. Becomes the slowest. No, it becomes the fastest. Oh, again. It was oh, in no. it was in normal in Trick Room and it was slow oh. and then they flip it over and then it's just like stupid fast. I'm just imagining someone
0: rolling up like to a team with Ludicolo and all I'm imagining is, like uh our sword dog like literally on a whetstone sharpening its sword and like sharpening stop like shh like
1: what. <laughs> So, that was uh, I I I threw a bunch of fruit out there, but I, there's a, there's a couple other ones. Maybe we can come back to fruit once we have a, a few more to add in with Scarlet and Violet. I guarantee we're probably gonna have tomatoes, and we've got olives. And uh, this is not
0: us doing a rumor thing, guys. This is literally Spain. We think we're getting a tomato. That's not too hard a stretch.
1: And we know we're getting an olive. <laughs> yeah, we know olive. we're getting. Ah, an...
0: oh, you know I do prefer cooking with olive oil over butter. That's just a meat. I like cooking with olive oil more, but if I'm frying, I like peanut oil. That works too. I, I think it's important. I've been doing sesame a lot too, actually, lately. For mm-hmm. totally aside, but yeah, I when it comes to like fruit and propagation, that's one of the reasons you have to worry about certain animals because certain fruit only propagate well when they have certain animals to do it. Case in point, the avocado. Uh, the avocados we believe used to be far more spread out, but that was because things like the ground sloth were out there and they could actually eat and digest those fruit. The reason fruit tastes delicious is to help a lot of animals move around and like to digest it. That's something I always like to leave on. Like if you like the fruit that you like, keeping the animals around that actually propagate them is going to help. And it's not just bees. It's beetles, flies, all kinds of things, but also the larger animals that would feed on them. Sorry, I have to throw in more animal stuff. Plants make me uncomfortable. (laughs)
1: All right. Well, that's enough. That's enough plant talk for now, Lucas. But uh, we can can head to the wrap up. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Dragon Con is coming up. Me and Don are going to be there. Still cementing up getting final roommates in there, but like, no, we got, we got, we should be, we're good to go no matter what. Excellent. I thought, do we not have them all? No, no, we still need one more, but like we'll we'll work on it. I'll ask around. Yeah. If not, we'll get it. We already got one person who put a deposit in, so where should we go? Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I'll catch you guys in the next Lucas lecture. I think this time we'll talk about, eh, you know, I'll leave it as a surprise. We'll catch you guys in the next episode, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.